Welcome back to the Inquipod. We are interviewing Simon Sturry, a first-time director. We got to screen this film, so I don't want to hold anything up. We're going to go ahead and get to that interview. Well, yeah, well, welcome to the Inqua Podcast, Simon. So glad we were able to get connected. Thank um, you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it looks a little late there. Where are you based at? I'm I'm in LA. Oh, you're in LA. Okay. Yes. You're right. It's a little <laughs> a little dark this hour. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Did you grow up here or have you been a recent no, mover? No, I grew up in, in Switzerland, but I've been in Los Angeles for a little bit, you know, less than 15 years. Okay, so now you're like an LA native. Anything past five and you, you feel like you know the place, right? That's true. That's true. I agree. Well, let's talk about a little about, you know, your background, how you got started. Where did your love for film and storytelling first start? So I actually got my entry into the entertainment industry via radio. So I, you know, when I was 18 years old, I got into national radio in Switzerland. I got a pretty big show and, you know, I, I, I worked there for over, over 10 years. And, and at some point, you know, I was able to change from daytime radio into nighttime. And so that allowed me to go to film school during the day and then do doing my radio shows at night. And, you know, I did the show I did had a lot, you know, it was a DJ show, but we also had a lot of bands and live acts. So from there, you know, like I knew the bands, I knew the music industry and, and it kind of naturally evolved into music videos and then later on into commercials and at some point I just felt, you know, with radio that I missing the visual aspect that that was also, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to go to film school to combine the, the, the visual thinking and the, you know, the storytelling, I guess. And then at some point I radio is very repetitive. You do the same shows and pretty much the same things all over again and that at some point you know i just felt i needed a change and i and i left for <laughs> la wow that's pretty awesome so straight from radio here and i mean now hearing you explain it makes a lot more sense while watching the film you know how i learned to fly your 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 taste and your touch for music shows up in the movie all the way throughout you put in just the right points you picked exactly the right music the score is beautiful and it's interesting how you kind of take the story and the music together and kind of meld it at just the right points and i bet that helped uh doing radio for all those years yes yeah i mean you know my my love for music is i i think it's it's really kind of what like all the stories start with i often i often have this i think you know music has this you know you e immediately connect to a certain emotion and music makes that easy for you or it makes it easy for for me at least you know so having a couple of songs capturing a mood and then you know that allows me basically to 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 see the story immediately it just transports me into 
a certain place, a certain time with a certain light and, and, and characters. Yeah. And where the genesis for this movie come from? Because I know you've directed, like you said, some music videos. Is this your first feature as well? It is. It is. Okay. Yes. I saw some short films on there. So yeah, I mean, I know a lot of our listeners are people wanting to get into filmmaking, starting out early, or even just an interest in the process. How many years ago did you first get this idea, start to work on it, write it down, say, I have a visual, here's what I want to see? <laughs> well, it's actually something that, you know, it, it's kind of Kind of, kind of amazing. It, it started with me growing up in this, you know, remote, very small, very conservative town in Switzerland, where you know, like, an environment with a lot of restrictions, a lot of rules, and there wasn't a lot of space for an artistic kid or later on teenager like me. Or I, I, I just felt like very isolated, very misunderstood, oftentimes. And the only place I felt really like myself was when I was reading or, or daydreaming. And so I, I, I lived in my head and my dreams were very, you know, colorful and, 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 and in prob probably already pretty precise, you know, in many ways. But at, at, at night, I kept having this, this same nightmare that I would fall down a staircase. And I, you know, I really dream I, I really got that nightmare every couple of nights so in many ways i knew what was coming and then i started to change the dream while i was dreaming it first i i was able to control the fall a little bit you know land softly and then i would hover a couple of feet above ground and later on i basically taught myself how to fly in the dream and i have these flying dreams to this day and it, it, these are my yeah. my favorite dreams yeah i mean i think well, i mean we i don't know if you call it a lucid dream i guess it would kind of be a lucid I, dream I right so. yeah I think, yeah 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 i think a that's phenomena yeah and that's where you got the name for this movie and i mean how did it go from the lucid dream and flying new dreams to the story of uh, a pair of brothers in a very yes. urban setting and death and grief and kind of this the the plot of this movie yeah so i had i had a couple of elements that i you know that i knew i wanted to achieve so i wanted to do something simple something doable i owned a, a camera at the time and so i just said look when i when i'm when I can shoot something in my neighborhood or or in LA, you know, it can be done cheaply. If I just have maybe two actors, a house and a car, it's something that I can pull off myself in worst case scenario. And, you know, I had, and then I had this, you know, like this dream, the, the feeling of my teenage years, this isolation, carrying the world on my shoulders. But somehow I never fully connect all the dots. And I went, one morning I went to this acupuncture session. And then while I was lying there with like needles all over my back, it, it, it suddenly hit me like a flash or I, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe it was some kind of download or, you know, in the lack word and i just i just 
it was the movie was just there. I had a feeling for the structure. I knew what the characters needed to be, who, who the characters needed to be. I I heard them talk, you know, like I had a sense for 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 dialogue. And then I I I, I rushed back home and started to type like crazy and within 10 days I basically had a first draft and uh, of course you know I, I refined it after that but that was pretty close already to what we shot 10 two years later two years later wow <laughs> I mean it's pretty impressive like you're saying that you had such a moment of clarity a download of the entire story and then yeah 10 days two years that's a lot quicker than a lot of other stories we hear out there, you know, of movies taking 10 years to come up with an idea or five years or whatever else. And it's really cool to see that go from ideation to being filmed within that, that few, you know, that short amount of time. I, I, I agree. Now, when it came to, you know, taking the idea of the script and pitching it, did you find a producer easily? Did you already have connections in that way? Because you have a pretty great cast. I mean, there's some pretty big names here. How, what was that process like taking the script and finding the right people to put it together? Yeah, so, so uh, you know, I was working with Jewel, Jewel Ross, Silent Art, Art Management, and we, we worked pretty, pretty closely on that, that script. You know, I, I wrote that first draft. He, he, he got me feedback. And then, you know, we would um, started to, you know, think about, we started to think about who could play these roles, especially, it, it, and it's not easy, you know, like, it's a very delicate age, especially the, the, the younger, the younger of the brothers, but like, in the script, he is 12 or 13 years old, and finding great, great actors who could carry a whole movie basically by themselves was was a big challenge and and so i never went through this process of casting before especially for for a movie you know i as as we discussed you know for for i did the same thing for music videos or commercials but that's pretty straightforward usually you know need a look or you need something very specific but i the only reference I had was my gut feeling and my, my inner compass. And so, you know, when I sat down with Marcus Scribner, who plays the older of the brothers, he just, you know, he, he just nailed it. And, and I, while, while I sat there, I, and he read, you know, some scenes, I just got goosebumps and, 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 and I immediately knew, you know, this is the feeling I was going for. And from there, you know, after that, I, I think I, I really got lucky to get in touch with Lonnie Chavis and, and he's just, you know, for, he was, he was 13 years old at the time and just beyond talented. And, and then, you know, after that, we, I was a bit worried that these two match, but then, you know, like I brought them together and there was this immediate intimacy, like brotherly intimacy between the two and seeing them, you know, play these characters was just magical. And, and, and I, I knew I wanted them for the movie. Yeah, I mean, the bond they share from the get-go 
is impressive to watch. I hadn't even checked the cast list out before watching the movie, you know, the screener there. And I thought they were brothers for at least the first 30 minutes. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> they <laughs> they mesh so well the way that the looks, the glances, I mean, to your point, Marcus Scribner, I mean, he knew exactly what his character needed to look like and to show. And he was so emotive in the same part. Yeah, Lonnie Chavis playing a quieter role that's so visual because he doesn't speak so much throughout the entirety of the film. He does such a good job. I mean, it blew me away. And that, that was the other challenge, you know, I always saw, and it's not explicitly said in, in the movie, but I always saw him on, on the autism spectrum. And so he has all these challenges, you know, like on top of what's going on with his family, his mom, his dad, and having a, a 13 year old kid playing such a complex character it, it it's it's not easy to find yeah and as far as i mean i know cedric the entertainer's been a big name for a long time how did he get involved or you know did he just read the script and love it or was it you know a friend of a friend there yeah it was it was basically that you know the the agent of marcus is the agent of you know Cedric and Method Man. But the funny thing is, you know, like as, as another little anecdote that I, I wrote the part for, for the dad, which Method Man plays, and, and I named it Cliff. Before I even know that Method Man, whose real name is Clifford, <laughs> would actually play this part. So Pretty serendipitous, yeah. <laughs> when he came on board, you know, like he, he said, oh, you know, like, this is my story. I, I, I want to be part of it. You know, I, I see so many similarities to my own teenage years. And, 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 and then we just, you know, like we came to the, to the part with the name, you know, and then I said, you know, actually, I, I didn't even know that your real name is Clifford. <laughs> That's so funny. His name is Cliff. And he has such a commanding presence in the scenes that we really get to see him interact with Marcus's character, with Daniel. How was it directing, you know, your first feature? Cedric the Entertainer, Marcus has been on Blackish, Met the Men. How was it with some people that have, you know, had some years in the industry? Were they teaching you things? Or did you feel like you really had control and it was you you already had it down from all your years on commercial shoots and things? Well, I, I knew pretty much what I what I wanted and how, how it needed to feel, you know, again, it was more kind of the, the inner compass, but the, the beauty of working with these, you know, like caliber of, of, of actors, it's just, it's just really, it's effortless because, you know, they offer you things that are already at, at such a great level that from there, you know, you can refine their performance the way you have it in mind. And, and, and it's you no longer need to discuss basics. It's already, that's already covered. You just start with little details and discuss, oh, you know, like, let's try this, Let, let's try the other things. And it's, they offer you basically exactly what you describe. And I think that's, that's just wonderful and amazing. And I, I was so grateful to, to work with such a, a great cast. Yeah. And it shows, it shines through the film. I mean, with filming in LA, was it all in LA or was it mostly in LA? 
It, it's basically all in LA except for a few of the dream sequences that were shot in Hawaii. Yeah, mo most of the most of the 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 shoot was in Carson, and then you know we, we had a couple of beach scenes out in Leo Carrillo, and yeah, and and a couple of other uh, other places. I mean, being an indie feature and everything else, how many days were you shooting for and how big was your crew kind of going around the city and doing this? Yeah, so we knew from the start that we wanted to keep the um, crew minimal, just just to move fast and also, you know, have very limited equipment so we don't need to carry a, a, a lot of stuff around or light for, for hours. We just couldn't afford it because we only had, I think we had, to, well, first 20 days and then we we added a bunch of you know like little scenes so probably 22 days total wow that's impressive i mean because the film is i want to say just over an hour and a half hour and 40 minutes or so yes an hour, hour and 45 minutes roughly yes that's very impressive what do you feel like you learned on this that maybe you you hadn't known before or something you changed for your next feature you know, I love the fact that I love, I, I generally in life, I love simplicity. And I'm, I'm always very inspired by Japanese movies or, or Asian movies in general. And, you know, I, I really try to make this a principle and, and restrict myself as, you know, in many ways. And maybe for a next movie, I, I could I don't know. I, I just, there's just this feeling, you know, like that I could even be more extreme or try another, uh, you know, another twist on 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 what simplicity could mean for the visual language or or, or the way you direct direct actors or how you come up with compositions on camera. And even though this, you know, like I feel there there already is a lot of, of, of simplicity in, in how this movie evolves and how the story is told. I mean, watching it, it has, and hopefully this is a good comparison for you, watching it, I got a lot of the same feelings I had while watching, like, If Beale Street Could Talk. It's simplicity, there's good music moments, fantastic acting. And it definitely sits with the silence that just allows the audience to kind of soak up the story and the feelings of what's going on there. What films or filmmakers, who do you draw from where you feel like you've kind of got that sensibility or is that all just your own? No, it's, it's definitely, you know, there is, it's, it's funny. There is this weird, not, not, not weird. That doesn't do it justice. This, Thai movie I keep going back to, and it's called The Last Life in the Universe. It's by a, a, a Thai director with like a very long name I, I, I keep forgetting, but it's it's shot by Christopher Doyle, Wong Kar Wai's, you know, In the Mood for, the, the cinematographer that did In the Mood for Love. And it's, Again, a very, very straightforward, very simple story, but told in but so much magic, a love story between a, a, a Thai prostitute and a, and a Japanese guy who's, you know, very OCD. So chaos and, and, and order come together and the, the moment they start 
you know, there, the moment the love starts, she allows him to clean up and he allows a little more chaos into his life. And it's just, I know, I, 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 I just draw so many little moments out of, of that movie. And it's not, it's not, I think it's not very um, obvious often, but, but it's just something I keep going back to. Yeah, that's impressive. I've never heard of that film, and it's definitely on my list to check out now. Yeah, there, I think there's only a very, very bad, you know, video, yeah, video stream like online. It's 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 not available anymore for some reason. <laughs> that's what the streaming era does, right? A little yes, little harder yes. to go find. Yeah. The film opens. I want to say in two days, right? The first of December. Friday, December one. Yep. Okay. And limited release. Are you going straight to festivals? What's the release schedule look like? Well, it's it's a you know limited limited theatrical release first, and then it's gonna it's gonna be like available online in in fe end of February. That's exciting. Okay, and I'll make sure to link once that's online, and also w with the theaters, so people who are listening can go see it. What's the next film you want to make? Do you have an idea already that you've kind of gotten the the holster, or are you starting blank slate and gonna take it after? After this one's had its run, you know, I, I'm working on two different scripts at the moment. It's you know they're far from from finished, and I I haven't decided you know like what's my next story gonna be. To be honest, it's at the moment it's a wide open field, and I, you know, uh, maybe I, I just wait for another download when I, yeah. when I go to acupuncture. <laughs> More so, acupuncture, there you go. Yes, maybe that that will do the trick. <laughs> What do you find intriguing about a movie versus a long, a longer limited series or a TV show? I, I always find the, the complexity of, and the depth of, you know, characters very, very, very intriguing. You can go so much deeper and, 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 and so much more complex in a way that you almost you know like you draw this line and you go from this character to 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 that character you know from this location to the other location that it's i think something that's very hard to do or to pull off in 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 just in a in a feature and i think that's what what i what i love about limited series that that it, it's the universe you create is a little bit bigger than the universe you create with the feature. How do you feel like, I mean, yeah, you've been in America for 15 years in Los Angeles with the films you grew up watching. Did you grow up watching Hollywood films or did you grow up watching more European films? I grew up with a black and white TV with three local, local stations and the highlight was David Hasselhoff in Knight Rider. <laughs> so that, Classic, that yeah. was, and you know, so I, I often, you know, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoons, I went to, to my best friend's home and they had cable TV. And so I binged watched like everything I could get, you know, that, that was on usually on the Wednesday afternoons. And, and that, I think the absence of movies in my early childhood it it forced me to read much more so um i i think when i think back you know i i often would read a book 
and see all these images like a, a movie in front of me. And then some chapters, I just didn't like the images I created in my head. So I would jump back to the beginning of the chapter and paint a different picture until I, I loved what I saw. And I think that that was kind of the the the, the origin of, of me becoming a director. Yeah, having to create those images in your mind and not just, I mean, I remember even with me growing up, you saw the movie before you read the book a lot of times, you know, even Harry Potter was like, oh, the movie's around. Go see the movie, come read the book later. And to your point, you had to cut your teeth on creating the images in your head first, which is definitely showing out in the movie. Yeah, I had to, you know, like I really felt like I had to catch up with a lot of, you know, a lot of Hollywood movies or just movie history later on, especially during film school. I just, you know, I just really kind of um, watched a lot of stuff. Was there something you saw in film school, a movie, a show, a clip, something that really just stuck with you that you're like, oh, I want to do something similar to that. And I know you mentioned the Thai movie, but is there another kind of a classic film or something you saw then that really stuck with you? I was, you know, the, the French Nouvelle Vague was something I, it, it just inspired me, especially, you know, especially because they suddenly used hand cameras. <laughs> you know, that was something then I was heavily influenced by, by I mentioned him already, Wong Kar Wai, Chunking Express, In the Mood for Love, all that, that, that exotic aesthetic just really hit me when I, when I first saw these movies. And, you know, they stayed with me, you know, throughout my, my, you know, film, film life, basically. What advice do you have for someone who's coming up, maybe watching these movies, has an idea, wants to make a movie? What, what would you say would be, you know, a couple tips for someone just to like how to get started, how to make that first feature film? I, I, I come back to simplicity, you know, I'm, I think simplicity can be a strength. Restriction can be something that really helps you find your path. And it's, you know, I, I don't see it as limitation. I, I see it, you know, you limit, well, you, you just do the things that are absolutely necessary to reach your goal. And also the other thing, you know, everybody knows how to make a successful movie, but I think you, you really need to trust at the end of the day, you, you need to trust your gut feeling and just follow it and, 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 and read that inner, inner compass and, and do your own movie that, that, that grows inside you and nobody else can do that for you or, or write that for you. Yeah, I've heard it once, make the movie that you want to go see, even if nobody else does. Yeah. Do you feel you did that with this movie? Um, so, sort of. You know, the, it, it's interesting that we, it's something like my manager and I, we often talked about, um, you know, let, let's not go for the obvious, obvious choice. Let's, let's do what the, your gut says, even though it might not be the way things are done in Hollywood and make let's it's the first movie. Let's take the freedom to make it a little odd at times.
or not the way things should, you know, like are supposed to be. And I, it was incredibly liberating to find my own voice. I mean, watching the film, you you have found more of your own voice, as you said, you know, throughout the throughout the movie. It definitely has your your stone your your tone, your style, everything else all the way through. And it's one of those movies to where, you know, there were twists, there was turns, there were things, you know, my expectations for a scene of, okay, shoes go missing, what happened? Oh, must have been A, B, C, D. And instead it was different. And to your point, you kind of guided the audience along without holding their hand the whole time. You know, you kind of just like, let it sit, let it sit. Let's see what happens. Some of the fights and arguments and and, and more emotional moments too. Do you feel like this is getting out some of your own feelings inside or is this all somewhere outside? Is there, is there some part of you that comes out in, in these kind of emotional moments? Oh, definitely. You know, I, there is so much, even, even though the, it, Marcus and Lani are, are, are come from a totally different background, but the the core emotion of what they are going through is definitely very close to what I went through as a teenager, even though it's not, it might not be obvious and they, it might, it might be deep down. But when I, when I, when we were editing the movie, I, I always went back to these feelings and that gave me, you know, the reference for, okay, this is the right moment. Let's choose that. Let's choose this part. And, and it really became a very, you know, personal story. And, and also the, for me, I think the most important part is, and I, it, it, it almost be came the, 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 or is the, the mantra for, for my own life that we're so as you, as humans, we're so, so immediately drawn to negativity, to drama. It's so easy to jump on that, but it's often very hard for us to see beauty, see the, 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 the nice things that happen, even though they, they might not be loud. Drama is always louder. So that's also something, you know, when, when, when they, when they come across that sentence of where your thoughts go, the energy flows, it's, it's just kind of like where life probably takes you where, where you're, where, where, where you're, you know, like thought comes first and then the, the physical reality follows in, in many ways. And it's uh, oftentimes it's not in your hands, you know, like. There's still a lot of shit, pardon my French, ha- happening in, in, in life, but it's w- what I really, what I really like about the characters that even though they go through all this hardship, they keep this openness for, for good things to happen in their lives. And, and, and especially for ideas that help them change something. Yeah, I mean, you made that pretty clear, your philosophy and your belief that I want to say one part, Marcus, his voiceover says, you know, when I learned to let go, things improved or, you know, things got better. There are many moments in the film where I was like, this could just be a really sad, sad movie that has no glistening points, no silver linings. But instead, you choose to kind of show the human spirit and the strength of 
even though everything that's happened and we find out more later in the movie about what could just really just be the most defeating circumstances that the circumstances don't have to make the man it is the person within themselves that kind of pushes forward and can shine through and i thought it was really beautiful i was like wow <laughs> could have been a very different movie and instead you chose to go with something a little deeper and more emotional and hopeful which was definitely nice to see thank you so much and and i i think you know it's that's you summed that up so well for me it's really important you know there is this there is this sadness in this movie and i don't deny it but i think at what stays at the end is is hope and and if you know like only a handful of people kind of walk out the theaters with that little spark of hope in their hearts you know how the way they look at the world today i think then the movie has done its job well i hope it does and i hope i hope more people are able to see it and especially with the stars attached and the story in and of itself i hope more people are able to watch it because it's the kind of movie we need to see more of these days it has a real human story in there with with a lot of hope I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, thank you again for giving us this time and I'm excited to see what you're going to do next and we'll definitely check back in with you. And thanks again. Thanks so much for having me.